chapter 2, verse 36 to 38, and I'm reading from the uh, Passion Bible. A prophetess named Anna was also in the temple court that day. She was from the Jewish tribe of Asher and the daughter of Phanuel. Anna was an age widow who had been married only seven years before her husband passed away. After her husband died, she chose, she chose to worship God in the temple continually for the past 84 years, say 84 years. She had been serving God with night and day prayers and fastings. Verse 38, while Simeon was prophesying over Mary and Joseph and the baby, Anna walked up to them and burst forth with a great chorus of praise to God for the child. And from that day forward, she told everyone in Jerusalem who was waiting for their redemption that the anticipated Messiah had come. Uh, this message is going to be very important, specifically, not only, but not only, but specifically for men. And so, Let's bow our heads. Father, I know what you put in my heart, but I also know that your word can be distorted or not come out as clearly as you want it to come out because I am an imperfect vessel. But I pray, Holy Spirit, this sermon, that is the first Sunday sermon of our year, that it will release um, explosive revelation and explosive power and will bring explosive results. This is the year of the harvest. Let this word have a harvest that will honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I, I, we, we spoke last year, our theme was the year of promise. And uh, this message is, uh, my promise did not come, so now what? So now what? And this is part two. And we spoke about part one on New Year's Eve at the 10 o'clock service. And we're not going to go over that right now because we have a lot of work to do this morning by the grace of God. Uh, other than Mary and Joseph, uh, the key people around the birth of Jesus Christ were all old people, senior citizens, Zachariah, Elizabeth, Simeon, Anna, all senior citizens. But they had one thing in common. They had one thing in common which we can learn from the senior saints, and that is they kept believing. And we talked about Hebrews chapter 10, verse 39 and 40, that speaks about, we spoke about this on New Year's Eve at the 10 o'clock service, that, that there are some who didn't see the promise 
but they died with their belief that God will fulfill it. And I like what Dr. Ian Bounds said. He's a, a Civil War uh, chaplain. And he said that prayer will outlast the lips of the person who prayed. That even when a person passes away, God will still honor the prayer. And if we remember uh, Pastor Del Turco talking about the fact that 300 years after David passed away, God was still keeping his promise to David that one of his descendants will sit on the throne of Israel. Anna's life started in tragedy. Anna's life started in tragedy. She got married around the same age as uh, Mary, the uh, mother of Jesus. She got married probably around the age of 15. And life was already not going fine for her because tragically she could not seem to get pregnant. In those days when a woman could not bear children, it was considered a curse. As a matter of fact, uh, it was actually in the Jewish uh, culture, it was grounds for divorce if your wife could not bear children. So here she is trying to bring forth fruit that would indicate that she's blessed. And yet for seven years, she could not bring forth children. And then uh, things go from bad to worse in that at age 22, seven years after her marriage, her husband dies. And I can imagine this woman is saying, I'm trying to do all I can do to live for God and things go from bad to worse. But then, interesting enough, and I believe by the Holy Spirit, though, though it doesn't say it here, she, she receives this assignment from God. And that's what I'm talking about. The harvest is plenty. The harvest is ready. But you've got to live your life on purpose. And she receives this assignment from God, and God basically says, yes, I allowed you I didn't cause it, but I allowed you not to have children. I didn't cause it, but I allowed your husband to die because I am going to use you for a greater purpose. I'm going to use you, Anna, but I need you to accept this assignment. I need you to live your life on my purpose. See, what you don't realize, Anna, is that it's been 400 years, almost 400 years, since I've given a word of revelation to the earth. And I'm about to send the hope of the world into the world, but I need somebody to pray to make it happen. And so I am asking you, Anna, and I know this conversation did not take place. Like some of us, we are actually in assignments that we did not realize were God assignments. You did not plan to move from 80 degree weather to Massachusetts. 
but you're here on assignment. <laughs> so, Anne, I need your prayers to make this happen. And I need not simply your prayers, prayers, but I need your fastings. Because nothing happens in the earth without prayer. You need to understand, nothing, nothing happens in the earth without prayers. Now, you may not be aware that somebody was praying, but nothing happens in the earth without praying. And that's why Jesus understood this because the Bible said a great while before the sun even rose, Jesus spent time in prayer. In fact, the Lord said, I was about to destroy the earth, destroy the city, and I was, Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 30, I was looking just for one man, one person who would stand in the gap who would, who would pray and make a difference, who would ask me to withhold judgment, but I couldn't find that person who would be my instrument, my intercessor. So I had to release judgment. Nothing happens without prayer. See, many of us think that God will do whatever he wants to do, but there's some things God does not want to do, but he needs a person who will pray. And there's some things that God wants to do, but he needs somebody to pray. And that's why some of you, some of us, he has, he has, he has put what I call a burden on our heart for certain things and certain people, and we can't shake it because it's the burden of the Lord saying, I need somebody to pray. 1 Samuel chapter 1 God puts his burden on another woman named Hannah and, to the, and she is crying for a son, but God is using her to cry out for a prophet. And God says, now that I got my prophet Samuel, I'll give you five more children that you can have on your own, but I need this one. And for many of you, God is burdening you with certain people and certain situations, and your response was, I just wonder why I keep having this person on my mind. And God's like, no, what do I need to do? Do I need to skywrite it for you? I need you to pray. And some of us have opted out of prayer. And you may be the only one who God has given the assignment to. Oh, this is serious. The one thing we must have in order to get a response from heaven is faith. For the Bible says without faith, without believing God, it is impossible to please him. I said this before and I'll say it again to get it in your spirit. The Japanese economy runs by the yen. The British economy runs by the pound. The US economy runs by the dollar. But the kingdom of heaven, that government runs by faith. And without faith, the kingdom will not run. Are you with me so far? So what do I do when the promises 
of God do not come. What, what do I do? I, I, I've, I've waited to, to 11.59 p.m. on December 31st, 2017, and the promise didn't come. What do I do now, Bishop? I'll tell you what the Lord told me that we need to do. Keep believing. Keep believing. And how do we believe? How do we keep believing? We must be like Anna. And what did Anna do? And I want this to, to stay in your spirit. This is what God wants us to do. God wants us to stay. We need to stay in God's grace. Are you with me? Stay in God's face and stay in God's place. Say that with me again. Stay in God's grace. Come on. Stay in God's grace. Stay in God's grace. Stay in God's face. Stay in God's face. And stay in God's place. Stay in God's place. If we would do that, we will see the supernatural take place. Stay in God's grace. The name Anna means gracious, gracious. Whenever you see the, uh, the suffix I-O-S at the end of the word, it means full of. So, so Anna's name means full of grace. There's two kinds of graces that God will give us. There is successful grace. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10, Paul says, the reason why I'm able to accomplish uh, probably more than any apostle is because of I am who I am by the grace of God. It, so there's successful grace. We call it favor. We call it favor. All favor is this preferential treatment. When, you, when, you, when you're flying home uh, uh, from Boston and all of a sudden they bump you up to first class, that's, that's favor. That's preferential treatment. Anybody else, there are only so many first class seats, but they chose you. It wasn't because you were lucky. It wasn't because you were nice. It was because you have favor. But then there's also sustaining grace. Sustaining grace. And, and that is what Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, around the ninth verse, where, where he says, there was this thorn in the flesh, and I was pleading with God, take it away, take it away. But God says, no, my grace is sufficient for you. In other words, my power is made perfect in weakness. In other words, there's some things where you look at people and you say, I don't know how they could have gone through that. The reason why you can go through things that you, that you know there's no way you could have gone through is because you have the sustaining grace of God. The Bible says, particularly in, 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 in um, Deuteronomy 33, verse 27, the eternal God is our refuge and underneath are his everlasting arm. God is a sustainer. Don't take credit for going through stuff that God sustained you through. Because you're really not all that strong other than the grace of God. Some of you should have lost your mind, but it was a sustaining grace. And there's nothing you will go through that hasn't gone through the hands of God to get to you. And God makes sure that you have the grace to go through it. So stay in God's grace. And how do we, and the way we get more grace, that is more favor and more strength, is one way, and that is humility. James chapter 4, verse 6 says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. 
That's why the, uh, Paul says it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse chapter 12, verse 7. He said, lest I get caught up in the fact that I'm giving all this revelation, the Lord humbled me. There's some things that God has allowed to come in your life to humble you. And the humility doesn't mean walking around like I'm a worm, I'm just not worthy. No, humility means to be aware of my shortcomings. Some of us are not aware that we're not that hot. We look at our degrees, we look at our, uh, our uh, resume, and we think, hey, after all this, I deserve this. And so what God does, he sends storms into our lives to help us to recognize that really John chapter 15 verse 5 is real when it says, without me, you can do nothing. We, we, we accept this word at, through the connotation of without God, I can't do the hard things. No, without me, you can do nothing. And so when I am aware of my shortcomings, that means God, I'm saying, God, this is where I end. And if I'm going to get from here to there, I need you to take me there. See, humility is where I end and where God begins. First Peter 5 verse 5, he says, Likewise, you, ye younger, submit yourself to the elders. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. Why? Because God resists the proud, but he gives favor and grace and strength to the humble, to the person who's aware of their shortcoming, to the person who's aware that, yeah, I study, but you know what, Lord? Um, even though I studied every, every 4.0 and every 3.0, it, it, the glory belongs to you. Every promotion I got. If, yeah, I have to work hard, but there's a whole lot of people working harder than I am, and they still don't get the favor of God. Oh, I, I, I am always aware. When, we, when my wife and I go on vacations, and, and sometimes by the blessings of the Lord, we're on a cruise, and I said, God, I thank you because I know there are hundreds and thousands of pastors who are working harder than I am, and they don't even get to go to the Cape. Yet here we are. Thank you, Lord. And when God can, when God knows that your heart is humble, he can trust you with more things because he knows that you will give the glory to him and not yourself. You want more grace? Humble yourself. Be aware of your shortcomings. Be aware that you're not all that. Second, stay in God's face. Stay in God's face. Anna was, uh, her, she, her father's name was Fanuel, which means fan, when you ever see the, the, the word E-L at the end of a particular English word, uh, it means God. So Beth-El means house of God. Sam-U-L means asked of God. Michael means who was like God. Daniel means judge, uh, God is judge. Here you have Phanuel, which means the face of God. 
the face of God. Stay in God's faith. She's, she's like, I am a daughter of Faneuil. I am a daughter who stays in God's face. There is no Hebrew word for the word presence. So Psalm 16 verse 11 needs to become a lifestyle. It says, David says this, you will show me the path of life. You will show me how to live in your presence. That word is the word Faneuil. In your face, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there are pleasures. There are favor forevermore. Stay in God's face. That's the way to live. In Genesis chapter 32, verse 24 to 30, you have Jacob. And and he he is wrestling with this angel. And the Bible says that after he wrestles, he realizes that no, that this wrestling and being, and he says, I've, I've come, I've, I've been face to face with God and I survived. And he names the place, he, said, he names the place Bethel, which means the gate of, the gate of heaven. And, and, and his wrestling with God, his being face to face with God is so powerful that it transforms him. His name goes from Jacob to Israel. His name goes from trickster to I have fought with God and I won. And God wants to transform us, but transformation can only come in his presence. So the question is, how much time are you spending? Am I spending in God's face? Because that's where the transformation comes. Stay in God's grace. Stay in God's face. And stay in God's place. The Bible says that she chose to stay in the house of God. David said, David understood the importance of being in the house of God. He says, out of all the things I want, in Psalm 27, verse 4, he says, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and one thing I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of God all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. In other words, the word beauty means originality, meaning that God always wants to do something different in his house. And it's in his house where you'll get answers. The Bible talks about Samuel. He he was raised in the house of God. And the Bible says that the Lord spoke to Samuel in the house of God. Parents, I, I, I praise God that my parents brought me to the house of God. I praise God that there were times when my parents dragged me to the house of God. I am so glad that I, I, we, we, were, we were at morning prayer and, and there was a, a, a man there, same age as I am, uh, and, and, and he was weeping because he said, oh, how I wish I was like you, Bishop, and I was raised in God's house, I wonder where my life would be. I wonder how many crazy things I would have avoided if I was raised in the house of God. And some of you, you, you children and you teenagers, someday when you become adults, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna kiss your mom and dad 
300, 400 times and say, thank you for bringing me to, your, to the house of God because it caused me to avoid making stupid decisions and hanging out with crazy people. Stay, stay in the house of God. I remember uh, Elder Troy, and he shared this uh, a number of times, but I, I remember uh, he was my Sunday school student, and then at 14, you know, like most kids, you life, life does life, and, and I remember now he's, you know, about 17 years go by or so, and now he's about 30, 31, and, and this is what really blessed me. He, you know, as, as life was going crazy, and and all the stuff that he's been through and, and even got stabbed one time. and I mean, just crazy stuff. He remembered the one place where his life was at peace, the house of God. And he was able to come back into the house of God and look at him now. The house of God will change your life. You have you have uncles and aunties. The Bible says, the Bible says, David says, when my mother and father forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. The reason why that's the case is because if you lose your mother or your father in the house of God, you gain a whole lot of daddies, a whole lot of mommies, a whole lot of aunties and uncles and brothers and sisters. When we grew up in the church, I used to wonder, why am I calling this person brother such and such and sister such and such? But I realized that God was trying to get into my mind that you have a family of God, a community, that, that, that you have people who stick closer to you than a brother, than a natural brother. Now, I, 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 I want to get back to this point, and this is very important, because when we're talking about Anna, Anna was an intercessor. Everybody with me so far? She, she was an intercessor. And, and when, it, when we talk about staying in God's face, we're talking about God needing somebody to be his, his conduit to get the resources of heaven to earth and the requests of earth to heaven. Are you with me so far? And so Jacob has this vision that I really believe is the way God works. He has this vision where there is this ladder going from heaven to earth and we, we sing it, we are climbing Jacob's ladder, ladder. And, and, and this ladder is no plaything. It is a picture. And, and in the vision, he saw angels ascending and angels descending. Are you with me? Revelations chapter, I always mix them up. It's either Revelation chapter 5 verse 8 or 8 verse 5, where it says that the angels took the bowl of incense which was the prayers of the saints and brought them to the Father. 
Are you with me? And I'm not saying that we need angels to do that, but I am saying that there are there are wars in the heavenlies, and there are and there are there are uh, demonic forces that are trying to keep your requests from getting to heaven. And there's also angels who have been. There's a scripture that says the Lord gives the word, and many are the armies of angels that make sure that word is published. In other words, when God says, I want to bless Tammy, his blessings don't just fall out of the sky. Angels are carrying the blessings because there is spiritual warfare that makes sure that the blessing doesn't get to you, Tammy. And so what God needs Tammy to do or any of us to do is to keep praying because the Bible says about Daniel, are you with me? As soon as you called on the Lord, Daniel, he heard you, but there was battles and warfare and for 21 days, the angels were trying to show up with your answer. But the angel says, are you with me? In Daniel chapter 10 verse 12, the angel finally shows up and he says, I have shown up because of your words. If you will keep praying, I'll show up. It may take a year, it may take 10 years, it may take 84 years, but I need you to keep praying because I'm showing up because of your words. So this is a challenge now. Uh, Brother Leon, could you, could you sit here for a moment? There's a challenge now. This is where it gets heavy. And then we're going to do some serious praying because now you're going to understand the power of, of being in the face of God. The goal of God, is anybody hearing me? This is very important. The goal of God when he brought Israel out of Egypt is he said, I want all of you all to be just like Moses. Moses was the only dude who speaks to me face to face. I want you all to be like Moses. But what happened was they saw in, 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 in Exodus 18 and 19, they saw explosions and they saw you know, uh, all sorts of terror up there. And their attitude was, uh-uh, I don't, I don't want to talk to God because... No. And then they said, Moses, you go up and talk to God for us and tell us what he said. Now, this is heavenly. And I was reading this book, Face to Face with God by Bill Johnson. And he says something that's very powerful. He says, he says, isn't it interesting that with all the explosions, with all the bombs that's going on, with all the terror, Moses still goes up. Everybody else is saying, you're crazy. Do you see the explosiveness? And Moses still goes up because he has a different perspective of God. You find him as a terror, but I find him as a God of power. And I'm going up to get some of that power. See, when you're in God's face, oh, it's different. 
to, you, you understand the difference between the looks of God. There's people in, in our church. I'm just looking at the screen. That when they give a certain face, I'm like, oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And sometimes I say to people, you need, you need to fix your face. Well, what's wrong with my face? Mm, you need to fix your face. <laughs> so the people are like, no, Moses, you go. You go up. And God says, all right, all right. That's fine, Moses goes up, but I want to let you understand, this is Exodus chapter 19, verse 5 and 6. I called you out of Egypt because I want a nation of priests. Say it with me, a nation, a nation of priests. Okay. So, because I couldn't get it through you, Israel, I'm going to raise up another congregation called the church. And I'm going to still get my nation of priests. I'm going to have to wait a long time, but I'm going to get my nation of priests. So 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. And see, the word priest, everybody with me so far? Now it gets heavy. The word priest, one of the, one of the uh, uh, synonyms of the word priest is the word pontiff from which we get our word pontificate pontiff and the word pontiff comes from two latin words uh pontifex actually it's one word pontifex pontifex ponti means bridge and facio means make so a pontiff is a bridge maker a priest is a bridge maker. Are you with me so far? Oh, we're heavy now. So, so, so every time I intercede, I become a bridge maker so that, let me get my little, so I have my little prayer requests and people put their prayer requests in the basket, but when we pray, on Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. and 7 o'clock on Saturday, when we pray, we become the ladder or the bridge from which these requests get up to God. Are you with me? And so, so, so Chris has a need and I become the ladder. I don't carry it but I become the ladder by which the request is made known to God. Are you with me? But at the same time, just as the ladder goes up, the ladder comes down. So when God releases the answer, there are angels who are called messengers who come back to Chris with the answer. Are you with me so far? And that's why, this is heavy right now, God have mercy. That's why, mm, you need to give me five on this one. That's why you and I as husbands, when we are considered priests in our homes, we are the ladder by which our children's requests and our wife's requests are taken to God. 
I'm not saying they can't go to God for themselves, but there's something about having the head of the home being the ladder that allows God to, to, to either send answers down or prayer requests up. And I am convinced that when I bring Carmen and Vanessa and Jessica and Sheldon's request to the Lord, I believe that somehow God says, because you are the head, I am going to release something that I wouldn't have released if the head did it not come to me as the ladder. Oh my, oh my, oh my. This is heavy, this is heavy. And so, so, so let me, let me have, uh, okay, Caleb, why don't you come? So let's, let, let's substitute, we already said this is the ladder. So we're going to substitute. Caleb's going to become the ladder. And, and so he, he is before the Lord. But sometimes the ladder needs to be a little bit longer. Why don't you come here? So, because the ladder, you want you, you know, you can touch Caleb. Okay. Let's see. So we, we, mm, we have some rings in the ladder. Come here, Mia. So we have, and so now, and, and Bill, why don't you touch Chris? Okay, and so now we have Chris is praying to the Lord. Doesn't mean Chris can't pray on his own. But I think we all need a little a bit of help. I really believe the one thing that makes Brian Green successful as a pastor, the main thing, is that I have people who are ladders for me. They, are, they have built bridges with their time and their fasting between me and God. God bless him, God strengthen him, God help him to preach the word, God help him to live pure. And so now, Beulah, you got the request? Oh, you already got it to God. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? See, that's like some of us. Why we're doing our own thing. The requests. In the midnight hour. When you're not even thinking about it. Somebody's been fasting for you. Somebody's been praying for you. Somebody's been calling on God. And you're getting answers while you're going on with life. Somebody's been praying. They've been a ladder for you. a ladder for you but see the problem comes when when yeah it's nice when Chris has a need but what about if Tammy has a need can you, can you stretch to Tammy you can't so, so can, you, can, you, can you you're trying to so that's why we, that's, that's why we need the ladder a little bit longer And yes, and now, now, now the ladder's longer. And so now, why don't you, why don't you, yeah, see, 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 the ladder is it, it, a little bit longer. It's a little bit longer. 
it's a little bit longer. Now, now, here's some other things that you may not like. You may not like, mm, you may not like this. Okay, pass this to him. One year. Two years. Three years. Come on, four years, five years, six years. It's not that God has forgotten your request. It just that your request may take a little bit longer. Oh my. Oh my. I'm going to do this last and then we'll pray. Now, then there is, I want you to stand facing each other, two by two. No, face each other. Face each other. Mm -hmm. Face each other. So, so we have two ladders. We have ladders that are long because it may take a long time. Are you with me? Or there could be some distance. So the ladder needs to be longer. Are you with me so far? But sometimes the ladder needs to be a little bit stronger. Are you with me? Because the burden is heavier. You need to take this. Yep, yep. Now pass it over. So, so some, some of you have some heavy stuff. And so the ladder needs to be stronger. And, 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 and so sometimes that's why you need a prayer partner. Because that, because the load is heavier. And, 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 and so that's why sometimes you need, you, need, you need to make sure that people are praying with you. Are you with me? And so now I, I want to, I want to, you can put this you God Almighty, you can hold that all by yourself. <laughs> okay, so one more thing. Because you know it pays. You know it pays. It pays, it pays, it pays, it pays, it pays. Now, now this is what I want you to do. This is heavy now. Um, um, if you can move over just a little bit. And we're going to pray. This is serious business now. We're going to pray. And, uh, TJ, why don't you come over here? Yep, sit, sit down. Sit down. Okay. So I want you to get back in the formation that you are at. Because, because we, we got to reach TJ. We, we got to reach TJ. We have to reach TJ. He's behind you. You gotta reach him. Get a hold of TJ. Get a hold. You hold, you hold hands. Hold his hand. Yeah. Okay. Now, you, are you connected, Nathaniel? You need to connect with him too. Yeah. There you go. There you go. There you go. And and I need you to get a hold of God. One of the things that we have noticed, and I am so proud and that is uh, we've noticed my wife and I have been talking about it that over the last couple of weeks a lot of young people are showing up for prayer 
And I really feel that God is saying, I'm about to do something in this city. I'm about to bring revival. And I need a ladder church. I'm not saying we're the only church because I'm talking to other pastors and something is stirring in people's heart that they want to move of God. 